Holy Hour of Power, the Terry and Jesse Show. This is the Lord's Gym. This is UFC Catholicism, <laughs> Ultimate Faithful Catholics. And I'm your spiritual fitness trainer. I'm reporting for duty. Terry, what about you, my friend? I'm with you, Brother Jess. I'm reporting for duty. And I still like to say what we said probably 20 years ago. Jess, you're the Latin lover of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I'm the Lebanese lover of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we want to share that love we have for our Lord and Savior with anyone who will listen. Jess, today's show, wow. I mean, it's almost hard to believe that we're saying this, you know, on the air. Seattle City Council passes ban on public drug use. Really? You mean they figured it out that drug use is a bad thing for the city? It, it stops all kinds of revenue coming in, closing of stores. It ruins people's lives. Man, they figured it all out. We're going to talk about that. Also talking about drugs, Jesse. You're the expert on this. Marijuana. There's a brutal marijuana studies now emerging. It should never have been fully legalized. And we're going to tell you what the, what the government is wanting to do with this. It's just all bad news, but we have to push back. And then finally, you know how Jesse and I always talk about we can't lower the bar for the faith. In other words, just you know, give it easier, make the Catholic faith a lot easier so people more people will come. Well, Cardinal Dolan, who's the Cardinal of New York, says mass is. I think mass is too long. Maybe we should shorten it, and more people will come. Wrong. Just the opposite, Jesse. This is the mentality that's fueling a de-Eucharist uh, going on in the church because you're telling them Mass isn't important. We'll do it real quick for you so you can get in and get out. And much, much more. Jesse, I've got a story about what we call the need-to-know file that I called you because I just was shocked. that I've been to... Uh, Placerville, California. It's up by Lake Tahoe, about an hour from it. And what happened is the city board of supervisors wanted to do Christian Heritage Month, declaring that in July, this is, we're going to look at the Christian effect that it had on America. And who, what happens is the Jews, the what I call liberal Jews, come in yep. and say, hey, you can't do that. Stop it. Now, you can have the homosexual June uh, for Pride Month for the homosexual. But don't talk about Christianity. And the handful of Jews there shut the city council members, the supervisors. They walked back and said, oh, wait, yeah, we won't do that. Here's the message I have, Jess. We as Christians, Protestant and Catholic, come on, step up to the plate and and, and own it and say, look, no, we're gonna, we're not going to let that happen on our watch. We're going to stand up for our heritage. That's my take on that, Jess. Absolutely. Uh, it goes to show you the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Exactly, brother. <clears throat> yeah. Just want to remind people that the month of September is dedicated to the seven sorrows of Mary. Uh, you can join me. I'm praying the seven sorrows of Mary every single morning as part of the morning prayers. Awesome. Uh, very beautiful devotion to the sorrow to the sorrowful mother. Mm -hmm. It goes back to the Middle Ages, to the early Middle Ages, probably at least uh, the 14th or the 12th century is the earliest time that we can find this devotion. And once again, it really goes back to John chapter 19 at the foot of the cross when Our Lady stood there. Uh, that's when she became Our Lady of Sorrows. Exactly. And she merited from the Trinity different things as she stood underneath the, the weight of the cross. And one of the things that uh, that uh, Simeon the prophet says, that she's going to be able to reveal hidden things. Uh, and so she knows more than anybody else in heaven except for God, of course. 
Here's a couple of need-to-know items. Yes. Paw Patrol pushes LGBTQ on kids. Yep. Nickelodeon has hired a far-left activist who reads pro-LGBTQ and pro-abortion books to children on YouTube uh, to be a writer for a spinoff of the popular children's show, Paw Patrol. So YouTuber Lind Z, uh, a mayor, runs a channel called Queer Kid Stuff, and she hosts a weekly rainbow story time for children. And in a recent episode, she read a picture book about abortion. Wow. We got to push back on that. Yep. Also, Disney CEO promises to tone down wokeness. (laughs) Disney CEO Bob Iger implied to investors that his once dominant company will tone down its controversial political messaging as it jockeys to keep up with the competitors. Iger, Bob Iger, reportedly told investors that his primary goal is to quiet the noise because <laughs> because culture wars are bad for business. Exactly. And we just got to keep the pressure on. There's an example there, That's Jess. Right, exactly. Also, FBI has lost count of how many informants it had at, at the J6 riot. A former high-ranking official at the FBI's Washington field office told Congress that the Bureau lost track of how many, how, how many of their paid informants were present at the January 6th Capitol riot. There was enough confusion that the FBI had to conduct an audit or a poll to tally how many of their own agents had been among the rioters as infiltrators. Mm. And finally, Vance calls out military abortion politics. Senator J.D. Vance from Ohio, Republican from Ohio, has become the latest senator to come out in, in support of Senator Tom Tuberville's a Republican from Alabama that holds on military nominees. Wow. He says, quote, there's a law that says abortions will not be publicly funded. And the Biden administration, I think, is circumventing that law, said Vance, a Marine Corps veteran. Good for him. God bless him. Anything else, Jess, before we get That's to the it. gospel? Hey, let's get some soul food in our soul. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. Luke chapter 8, verses 19 to 21. Here's the controversy about the brothers of the Lord. It says, The mother of Jesus and his brothers came to him, but were unable to join him because of the crowd. He was told, Your mother and your brothers are standing outside and they wish to see you. He said to them in reply, My mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and act on it. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. So the tradition of the church is that, first of all, the word brother in the Hebrew culture, it was used by all kinds of different relationships because they had no Hebrew word for actual uterine brother or sister. So there is no word in Hebrew for uterine brother or blood brother and blood sister. And so the Jews in the Hebrew culture, they would use the word brother for a, for many different uh, semantic relationships. Now, we know that, uh, that, that this is problematic for Protestants, not for Catholics, because we look at the tradition and the tradition tells us that these are the cousins of the Lord and they would have been called brothers in the Hebrew culture culture. But the fact is, is that Jesus is, what he's trying to do is show us who his spiritual family is. 
His spiritual family is, first of all, everybody that's baptized and believes. But the Blessed Virgin Mary, she's part of Jesus' family, not only on a biological level, but on a spiritual level. Because her Mary's divine motherhood was established a long time ago. In fact, in Luke chapter 1, verse 38, remember our Lord just said in today's gospel that my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and act on it. Notice, act on it or, or, or do the will of yeah. God. Yeah. That's his family. That's Jesus' family. Well, Luke chapter 1, verse 38, it tells us that our lady said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Be it done unto me according to your word. So notice in Luke 1.38, Mary does the will of the Father. Also, Jesus does the will of the Father. In Matthew 26, Matthew 6.10, where he says, Father, thy will be done. So we see in the Bible, Mary does the will of the Father. We see uh, Jesus does the will of the Father. And this is the criteria to be considered in today's gospel, the family of God. It's those that act on the word of God and do the will of the Father. So Mary is part of Jesus' family in a more perfect sense spiritually, but also chosen and predestined in a biological sense physically. Well said. Jess, you give great catechesis. Every time we have the gospel, we need more of that today. All right, let's bring the smartest guy into the room. Oh, Sheen ahead. Jess, this is one of the quotes that St. Augustine of Hippo said, and I think our our, our uh, friends at the Senate that's taking place October 4th should hear. Here's what St. Augustine said with Bishop Sheen. People hate the truth for the sake of whatever it is they love more than the truth. Give me an example. Okay, homosexuality. The Bible condemns it. But if you love living in a homosexual union, then you say, hey, I don't, I don't take that from the Bible. I, I have, that's, that's not going to work for me. Jimmy, uh, Father James Martin is an example. Then Augustine says, they love truth when it shines warmly on them and hate it when it rebukes them. Jess, we have a cardinal saying that the Bible is wrong when it comes to homosexuality. He's running the Senate. Come on, buddy. If I had him in the room right now, I'd say, can I read something to you? St. Augustine. And this is the challenge in the church today is we forgot about the truth being important. It's not people's opinions. Jess Romero's opinion, I could care less. Terry Barber, forget it. It doesn't matter. What is the truth? And the truth is revealed through our Bible. We, we call it the inerrancy of the Scripture. And I think many people in our church have forgotten that. Am I onto something, Jess? Yeah, yeah. The, 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 in fact, I don't, I don't even think the word opinion is ever used in the Bible. No! And, and uh, I, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. The Bible, right. the Bible, as it says, all Scripture is inspired right. by God. By God for teaching, right. reproof, and training in righteousness. Well, let's no, go back no, to the no, no opinions. You know, no Jesse, opinions. that's the fundamentals of our faith. That's what we're lacking today. When we come back, we've got some shocking news out in Seattle, Washington. Wait till you hear this. Stay with us, family. We'll be back after a quick moment. Jesse, can you imagine this story you found? I mean, is this microphone on? Seattle City Council passes ban on public drug use? What? <sighs> drugs, drugs, and more drugs. This is what the 
Terry, this is Culture. this is the this is the sacrament of the left. It, it really is. is. It is. Yeah. So uh, Seattle City Council has come back to their common sense. Yeah, yeah. They lost it, <laughs> and they're coming back to con- common sense and natural law. You take a look at the picture of the article. You see all the homeless tents in yeah. Seattle. Yeah. The Seattle City Council passed a ban on drug, ab- drug public drug abuse. Yeah, like it used to have years ago. Uh, will wonders never cease? Yeah. Of course, the far left members of the council voted against this, and far left activists tried to invade the chamber during the vote. Can you imagine? But it passed. Yeah. Is this a sign that some people in the city have finally reached their limit? Well, this came up in June. Yeah. But was rejected by the council. What has changed since then? Can I jump in this article yep. and say it? Jesse, my brother works in the um, food industry, and he was up in Seattle not long ago, and his job is to find store locations for their business, for grocery stores, and they won't touch Seattle because the shrinkage, it's the cost of doing business. Here's the point I want to make. Every store that you have in my neck of the woods generates revenue for the city. It's called taxes, you know, sales tax. If that Walmart or that CVS isn't in business, they're not collecting taxes for the city. I'm going to predict that what finally got their attention wasn't the safety of their citizens. It was to follow the money. They lost Mm. so much money in revenue because these people closing their stores and not having business. That affected the city's ability to pay for services in the city. And so I really am convinced that uh, what gets these people's attention is not the heartache of the people drawn drugs, is they're losing money. Remember, my line, Jesse, is always follow the money. The Continue, money. Jess. Yeah, activists, leftist activists yeah. invaded the Seattle City Council <laughs> chambers during a debate yeah. on a bill that would ban the possession and use of illegal drugs in mm-hmm. public screaming. They were saying, quote, you have blood on your hands, close quote. Imagine. Presumably, drug addicts will die if they can't light up or shoot up on city buses where drivers report getting sick from fentanyl smoke or get high while lying in the middle of a sidewalk or overdose in city parks. Seattle is looking to take a small step in rejoining the civilized world by making illegal drugs illegal again. Those who use or possess illegal drugs can be subject to a gross misdemeanor charge Although police will have wide latitude in how they treat the addict, um, according to to King uh, to Council Member Andrew Lewis, <laughs> yes. he said this quote: yeah. "I hope that we see a measurable increase in the number of people who are getting well, who are taking advantage of services, and who are getting off the streets." He yeah. says, "And I hope that we see accountability for people who are declining those services, who continue to disrupt public services on our streets." By not taking advantage of them. And you can see a picture you do. of these young radicals yeah. at, this, uh, at this Seattle, uh, it was a, 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 I guess it was a, a city, city council, council meeting. meeting yeah. yeah, city council sure. meeting. You can see them holding up the radical signs. Oh, yeah. And uh, the, the article ends by saying, which, which I think is spot on, it says, the drug problem is connected to the homeless problem exactly. and the ki- and the crime problem. 
the city had to start somewhere. Jesse, can I ask you as a 20-year-plus yeah. policeman, now we're talking years ago, but when you saw things like this going on on the beat and you saw a guy you know, using illicit drugs and he's wasted on the street, what was the policy back then, brother? Arrest him. No questions asked. Uh, he was taken to the county jail. He was detoxed. Yeah. And uh, and if it was a Schedule One drug, he yeah. was he was charged with a felony. Uh, it will, if it was a Schedule Two or a Three drug, he was charged with a misdemeanor. And and is marijuana? Because I see this next article we talk about Schedule One. It, that even the federal government's wanting to stop yeah, that. It, hey, it's still a Schedule exactly, One. Exactly. But there's people wanting to just remove it. And yeah, they want bad. exactly. But Jesse, the tie-in for homelessness and drug use is all the connection you you've made that uh and others have made that same connection you go down on the streets and what do you see people on drugs you ask them where do they live right here yeah and i'll tell you terry the reason there's so many homeless in this country and california i read has 50 percent of, of the, the homeless country. population yeah. in the cut in the entire country yeah, that's, that's a fact. 50 percent yeah and and it's and it's simple the reason we have so many homeless, it's because of the breakdown of the family. It. It's because of high divorce rates. Yep. It's because of irresponsible men who impregnate women and leave them because that's what they're taught by Hollywood. That's what they're taught by the hip hop culture. That's what they're taught by the culture at large. Yep. Just use women and leave them. Yep. Uh, in other words, we have so many homeless people because we have so many broken homes without a father. And as unpopular as this is, I'm going to say it. Say it. Black Americans make up 13% of the U.S. population, but they make up more than 40% of the nation's homeless population. Jesse, mm. uh, can you mention that before, uh, before the government got involved in the 1964, the great, what was it called? The Great, great, the great, new, deal. New, great deal, new Deal, where it gave money to all kinds of people. The black community, 90% of the black community had a mom and dad at home. And this destroyed, yeah. I think it's in your book, Jesse, on yeah, the marijuana I, book. I've read that the black community back in the 30s, 40s, and 50s, yeah. they had the lowest divorce rate. Right. They had the most they had the, the most intact families in America. And, and their entire family revolved around, uh, revolved around the little Protestant church. Yeah. But the, the modern hip-hop culture... With you know black entertainment network and you know black gangster rap and death row records, all that Terry the the Crips the Blood genre, yeah. all of that has destroyed the black family. Most blacks today they're not Christian they're secular yeah. they're secular humanist, and without returning back to God, uh, they're going to go the way of the you know the the way of the the dodo bird they're going to become extinct. Anybody who leaves God, anybody who walks away from God, uh, they're, they're targeting themselves for extinction. And I'll tell you, Terry, the homeless, they've turned out to be a, a, a walking time bomb. Yes. Because uh, I remember Bill O'Reilly did a, a, a special on homelessness in America. Yeah. And he said in his, in his uh, documentary, he said that California has about 300,000 homeless people and he said that eight out of ten homeless people are drug addicts. Yeah. Now, and now I now I know from being a retired cop, 
uh, drug addicts usually get their money for drugs by stealing. That's how it works. They're perpetually stealing stuff from, from cars, from stores, from shops. A- anything that's not nailed down or glued down, if a drug addict is around there, they'll take it. If you have a drug addict in your house, you'll find that you're going to be missing things because they'll go out and sell them. Uh, and, and, and the fact is, Terry, this shouldn't be a bipartisan issue. No. You know, you, you would think that both sides of the aisle, the course, Democrats, uh, what I'm talking about, yes. you would think that they would say, you know what, we have to end this. We, we have to end this. Yeah. And, and, and I'll tell you another thing that, that, uh, that was done that also exacerbated the homeless problem is uh, during the 1960s, many people, you know, began accusing the state mental. They started, you know, going after the state mental hospitals and saying, oh, they're violating the, right, the civil rights of patients. Right. So, you know, some families, you know, of course, they did commit some of their incorrigible teenagers or or young adults, uh, you know, to years of involuntary confinement right. in, in these uh, in these uh, state mental hospitals. Uh, if you want to kind of get a picture of a state mental hospital, rem- Terry, remember the movie One Flew Over the Cuckoo's oh, Nest? Oh, yeah. Yeah. With with that, that sadistic nurse ratchet. Yeah. 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 Well, what happened is the new law, uh, it ended the practice of institutionalizing patients against their will that had mental problems. So by the late 1960s, the idea that the mentally ill were not so different from the rest of us or perhaps were even a little bit more more sane than us. It became kind of trendy, and so the, these reformers, starting in California, they, they dreamed of taking the mentally ill out of large institutions and housing them in smaller community-based residences, what they call uh, 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 what the group homes, and, and that way they could live more productive and fulfilling lives. But Terry, that's turned out to be a disaster. That's turned out to be a disaster. The, the 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 eradication of these state mental hospitals and putting them in men's group homes has turned out to be a disaster and has exacerbated the crime rate in the cities and counties of California. If I had to describe what's going on, we're rewarding bad behavior. There you go. Whether it's drugs, illicit sex, we give people benefits if they have children out of wedlock in the state of California. You get $1,000 a child. We'll take care of them. So what does that do? It it actually encourages this type of lifestyle of impregnating any women they want and have to worry about it because the state will take care of it. Yep. And this is why Christianity is needed in one sense this way, because in Christianity, we are called to repent and believe in the gospel and change our lives and live our lives according to God's commandments not man's commandments. And this is the problem, not only in California, but it's spreading uh, east. And this is why so many people are mixed up about the meaning and purpose of life because they think it's all about me, myself, and I. Terry, and these these elites, politicians in California that live in ivory towers with high walls around their their properties, when when they began closing our mental institutions... And began these early release programs from prisons. Mm-hmm. Guess what? They released thousands of prisoners right. and mental patients back into the streets of California or throughout the United States. Uh, and, and these people are mentally ill or they have proclivities towards crime or they may even be diabolically afflicted. But the fact of the matter is, uh, this is this is a 
This is a man-caused problem, a government-caused problem, Terry. Jesse, can I give Exhibit A? Just two weeks ago, L.A. Sheriff was executed out in Palmdale. You remember you talked about the story. Mm -hmm. A 29-year-old young man who shot him went to court and said, I I didn't do that. I'm I'm insane. I can't uh, be accountable for that. And and here's the point. That man should have been in jail, but because of the, the district attorney and all the... Uh, They want to keep these people out on the streets. People are dying, including policemen. And this is tragic for them and for the innocent. God help us. Uh, Psalm 69, verse 2. God, uh, come to our assistance. Lord, make haste to help us. Yep. When we come back, Jess, what do we got? We got your marijuana issue, right? Yeah, yeah. There's a good article that I'm going to give my take on, again, the whole brutal marijuana studies now emerging. Got it. We'll be back with Terry and Jesse. We're too blessed to be stressed, too anointed to be disappointed. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back in a quick moment. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. You've probably heard that commercial about a day with Fulton Sheen. Oh, my goodness. Please join us, Matt Arnold, myself. We've got a priest who was converted by Bishop Sheen when he was in a communist country at mm-hmm. age 13. He'll tell the story of why one book by Bishop Sheen brought him to become a Catholic, and then he became a Catholic priest, so much, much more. Jess, the topic is your expertise, which is marijuana. You wrote a book on it. It's on jesseromero.com. You can pick up his book. But let's talk about this new article, Brutal Marijuana Studies, now emerging it should never have been fully legalized. Why didn't they read your book first? <laughs> For years, marijuana advocates claim that if only Americans would loosen restrictions, yeah, right. we'd all see how beneficial the drug is. But now, more than 10 years after the first efforts to do just that, yeah. we're seeing that the critics were right. Liberal pot laws and increased usage are far from the panacea pot lovers claimed. Yep. Starting back in 2012, Colorado passed a law to allow private use of marijuana. Soon the state of Washington joined the Centennial State in loosening its pot laws. And many, many more and, uh, came in the following years, especially when the states began to realize it could tax legal marijuana and bring millions into their state, straight, into their state treasuries. Now, even the federal government oh. is looking to loosen the reins and is preparing to take pot off its Schedule One prohibitions, a move said to be the first step in decriminalizing marijuana. I think it'll happen under the, under the Brandon administration, Terry. Uh, I, I well, think it will. That's the only yeah. way it's going to happen. Yeah. But now these states are finding that it is time to pay the piper. As a raft of ill effects are spreading like wildfire all across the country, from mental illness to addiction and impaired driving, the effects on many are not as beneficial as advocates claimed. There do seem to be a very few beneficial uses for pot for a small number of people. It does help in pain relief for the chronically afflicted. It can help with nausea from chemotherapies. And it's sometimes effective for those with anxiety. Well, of course, because you're stoned. Of course. <laughs> but all those benefits are limited and far outweighed by the de- deleterious effects seen when ro- widespread use is factored in, according to a, a raft of a new studies report by the Daily Mail. This is important, Jesse. This was a European report. Over 40 million pot users they looked at, can, tell us to what the report had to say of the research. On 40 million pot users uh, were looked at. Yep. Researchers wow. are finding that recreational use of drug is becoming an increasingly problem everywhere it is being tried. 
as the Daily Mail noted, researchers from the Aarhus University Hospital in Denmark have found that despite claims by pot advocates, the drug is just as addictive as any other drug. Whoa, That's what I've been saying for 10 saying years. Exactly, Jeff. People say, you're not a scientist. I say, well, I just read scientists and I'm just telling, I'm reporting what they say. And 41% of users have developed major problems with depression. Yeah, you think I see it all the time with guys that are smoking. Yesterday, Jesse, just to interrupt you, I was at, I took my little grandson to the train t- uh, station here in Covina because he loves to watch trains. And who do I see? Some young guys in their 20s stoking away at their marijuana. And, you know, just they, they look like they were probably, uh, I don't know, uh, 88 pounds, six foot wow. tall, real thin, wow. like they hadn't eaten in a long time. But they got that marijuana. They're puffing on that. Yeah, they're not going to miss that. Yeah. The research found that chronic marijuana use quadruple, quadruple the risk of developing a bipolar disorder and added to a rise in psychotic yep. breaks, yep. including thoughts of and deaths by suicide and pot with, with link with this, pot linked to thirty percent of cases of schizophrenia. Can you imagine? Look at the people on the on the street, Jesse. That are you see them talking to themselves, right? You see them. You think you think drugs had a play a role in that? Of course it did, man. <laughs> and 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 I would contend that most of them under the influence now uh, are talking to demons. They're actually seeing de- demonic spirits, and they're having full conversations with them. Uh, the the reach. The researchers added that people who already have a propensity for these mental disorders often find that pot makes them worse, not better. That is nothing like the benign effects pot advocates claim we'd be seeing. Pot advocates also claim that one one can't really be addicted to the drug. This also has been revealed as false. New research from the University of Washington and, and Kaiser Permanente, uh, Washington Health Research Institute, estimates 21% of marijuana users had become addicted. Of course. And and at least four million Americans have developed marijuana use disorder since pot became so much easier to get. Another claim that many advocates have made is that pot will calm you and make you make you sleep your sleep come easier. This is also not true. Studies have found a 2021 study in the journal BMJ reported adults who use cannabis 20 or more times in the previous month were more likely than non-users to get six or fewer hours of sleep per night. The Daily Mail reported, in addition, 39% of daily pot users develop clinical insomnia. It means I can't sleep. Exactly. An even more alarming study says that pregnant women will put themselves at a 70% higher risk of birth defects if they regularly use pot during pregnancy, and they will be 2.3 times more susceptible to a stillbirth. Also in 2022, published in the JAMA Pediatrics, found prenatal cannabis exposure after five to six weeks of pregnancy is associated with attention social and behavioral problems that persist into early adolescence. The daily mail reported finally the evidence seems irrefutable that heavy pot smoking is just as bad on your body as heavy tobacco smoking, smoking anything pot or tobacco increases the risk of coronary artery disease and also puts users at an increased risk of lung disease. A study from Canada found that three quarters of marijuana users had emphysema a lung disease which leaves sufferers struggling to breathe compared to two-thirds of tobacco users. Uh, the male, so, so in other words, uh, you're getting, people are getting more lung disease, emphysema, through smoking pot than smoking tobacco. While it, may, while it might be a better idea to go to, prescript, to a prescription model where only seriously ill people are able to gain access to pot, it seems clear that recreational 
and non-medicinal, non-medicinal use has had detrimental effects on Americans. Not just Americans. Let's be honest, Jesse. It's the family that got affected yeah. poorly. Dad is smoking pot. Mom's smoking pot. Who's taking care of the kids? At, what about going to work? They lose so much motivation. One of the things I've noticed about the young generation, Jesse, and I think it really does tie into marijuana, many of these young men that I meet, they're not motivated to go out and work. They're like, well, can I get some entitlements so I don't have to go to work? And I believe that when they smoke this marijuana, they lose their zeal for life. In yes. other words, it's like, oh, whatever, man. Have you heard that attitude? Yes, I have. And you know why, Terry? Because doctors call marijuana a disincentive drug. That's it. It, it disincentivizes you to work, yep. to read, to do something positive, to be physically or mentally active. Let me, I want you to hear what Father Donald Calloway oh, says about marijuana because yeah. he wrote the preface in my book. That's right. he's, he, he wrote this, Father Donald Calloway, yep. a, a former pot smoker, so he knows what he's talking oh, yeah. about. He says, here's a question for you, Father Donald Calloway says, would you smoke a joint with Jesus? Of course you wouldn't. Common sense and right reason tell you this. It's a no-brainer. Yet there are many people today who, not, who do not use reason, lack common sense, and no longer think of Jesus. Trust me, I know I was one of them. Those familiar with my conversion story know that I was a total pothead during my youth and young adult years. For a decade of my life, I smoked weed just about every day. This behavior ultimately led me to drop out of high school, spend time in jail, get deported from from a foreign country, and do two stints in drug rehabilitation centers. Smoking marijuana seriously messed up my life and created a nightmare for my family. Although I was not raised in a Christian family... I did have many friends who were raised in a Christian household, yet like me, they too wanted to get high and feel good, justifying it by saying that their usage was not as extreme as mine since they only wanted to smoke marijuana recreationally. Over time, however, I witnessed all of them jettison their belief in Jesus Christ and seek out a different belief system, one that condoned their recreational marijuana usage. They did this because nobody in their right mind believes that Jesus would condone smoking a joint. Unfortunately, in order to justify their consciences, some of my friends became Rastafarians. I doubt any of them were informed that Bob Marley himself abandoned Rastafarianism. He surrendered his life to Jesus Christ and asked to be baptized on his deathbed. Yes, the king of weed, Bob Marley, who died of skin cancer at the age of 36, was baptized a Christian on his deathbed and requested a Christian funeral service. Father Donald Calloway. Well said, Father Donald Calloway. Jesse, this whole situation, I I want people to know they can get your book by going to jesseromero.com. And you have all these studies uh, that you can give to people. And I would say if you have a son or a daughter at home smoking weed, I call it smoking dope because I'm an old guy. Yeah. That's what yeah. it is to me. It's stupid. Yeah. Uh, but you get Jesse's book so that you can share it with your son or daughter and let them look at the facts because Jesse's not giving an opinion on it. He's given the facts that this is really bad, especially, Jesse, when you do any kind of drug, whether it's marijuana or high drugs or even drinking, when you lose your will to reason, yes. you're committing a mortal sin. Okay, see, people won't say that, but I'll say it. Yeah. Is why? Because you, you lost your freedom that God has given to you to choose good over uh, evil. And this is another bad part. The most important bad thing about using illicit drugs is that you're abusing your free will. 
Venerable Fulton Sheen, who died in uh, December 9th, 1979, there's a recording that Terry has. It's called A Voice from Calvary, CD number two. Here's what he says word for word. Quote, he says, the three gods that are worshipped by our modern culture are Bacchus, Venus, and Mammon. First of all, Bacchus is the god of wine and marijuana and heroin. He's a god of drugs. All those things that which wreck and destroy in some way. All that makes man in the image and likeness of God. The second god we worship, he's talking about America, is Venus. The god of eroticism, lust, excess of gluttony and so forth. The third god that we worship is Mammon. The most subtle of all because there's a kind of infinity about it. One can never have enough. There's a kind of an economic immortality. Uh, See what I have? My barns are filled. Each of these false gods creates a thirst, but not one of these false gods ever satisfies Fulton Sheen. Yeah, well, so he talked about, he warned us about the the demon god of marijuana. Bacchus, who we reject, rebuke, and renounce in Jesus' name, go to the foot of the cross that Jesus Christ may do with you as he wills. Up next, we're going to talk about Cardinal Dolan. Yeah, what did he have to say about shortening Our Sunday Mass is just too long. (laughs) Lowering the bar. We'll be right back. Stay with us, family. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Go for it, Jesse. Let's get that topic of the mass. And I mean, I, he, Cardinal Dolan, I feel bad for him, Jesse, because if people really understood the mass... I don't think he does. Yeah, that's my point. We wouldn't be talking about shortening the mass. We would be saying, well, why don't we teach the people the significance of the mass, that we're present at that one eternal sacrifice, that we're going back to Calvary, that this is the greatest thing on earth. No. What is he I don't, saying? He, I don't think he, yeah, I don't think he believes that what you just said right now. And it's Cardinal Mueller just said it the other day. Yeah, and I'm glad he said it. He, he said that many bishops are theologically malformed. Oh, well said. Cardinal M- Gerhard Mueller. He says many, many bishops. I think we may be looking at one here. Cardinal Dolan in this article, it's disgusting. He's, are Sunday masses just too long? <laughs> I could read the article, but no. I want to make some, some, some make more comments. comments. Yes. In, in other words... He, he said he, he's been asking people and, you know, yeah. right, phone calls and emails, and, and he agrees. He agrees with these people. Mass is too long. And, and so <laughs> he, what's his suggestion? Well, we got to shorten the mass. Well, let, let me say a few things, Terry, about oh my God. let's what? look at other relig- fake religions. And let me tell you how long their services are, because I went to I, I researched this last night. Good. Muslims pray on Fridays. Their services can be as short as 30 minutes, generally 45 minutes, mm-hmm. up to about 60 minutes. Okay, that's, so that's a Muslim okay. service on Friday. All right. The Jewish Shabbat services on, on Saturdays are three hours long, mm-hmm. two to three hours long. They have to be f- uh, done before 12 noon on Saturday, but during the morning, they last from two to three hours. And that's a covenant that's obsolete, by the way, the old covenant. It's no longer binding. It no longer can save anybody. Uh, also, uh, I, I was looking at uh, 
the Jehovah's Witnesses. Oh, yeah. The Jehovah's Witnesses, they'll have it's they'll have a a 30 minute public talk by somebody in the congregation. They'll give basically an apologetics talk. And then after that, they'll have a one hour question and answer study of a Bible based on the article from the Watchtower. So the Jehovah's Witnesses, their services, if you could call it that, it lasts an hour and a half, 90 minutes. Mormons, their services on Sundays last generally two hours. Wow. Generally two hours. That's the average Mormon service. Protestants in America, the typical Protestant denomination in the U.S., the normal service is 1.5 hours up to three hours. Okay. So, Terry, I just gave you the data of all these man-made religions that cannot save you. Right. And most of these man-made religions that cannot save you, most of their services are longer than the Catholic Mass. And we have a successor of the apostles that, I guess he's bored. He would like to shorten the Mass, even less than 60 minutes. So we'll be, the Catholic Mass will be less than everybody else except Islam. Muslims and Catholics will be worshiping Allah, they worship Allah for 30 to 45 to 60 minutes, long as 60, short as 30. Uh, the Catholics will be right there as short as Islam. All the other denominations, Jews, uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons, and Protestants, all of them worship God longer than we do, and they're all man-made religions, Terry. And Jesse, this is what makes me uncomfortable with Cardinal Dolan. At the end, he says, if we don't shorten the Mass, we'll be the only one in the church offering Mass because nobody will want to come. What? This is why, to me, Jesse, and I know I'm bringing it wow. back up again, but that statement there showed me wow. he has no idea about the Mass. And this is why he's I think lost his supernatural he's lost faith. It. And that's why Strickland, Bishop Joseph Strickland, is putting out these pastoral letters on fundamental teachings on the Mass, the marriage, you know, the, the priesthood. And he's just giving the basic teachings, and people are saying, I can't do that. Why? Because we've lost the supernatural value of our faith and this is very sad and jesse he this is a cardinal who's going to be voting in the next conclave i mm. mean and he doesn't even have supernatural faith to make what the mass is and he's trying to shorten it to say that we need to lower the bar god have mercy on him i pray for him i pray for all of our leaders in our church because you nailed it when you said cardinal Mueller said it that these guys just got very poor formation i wouldn't even go yes. so far jesse to pray for our Holy Father's formation. You know where he was formed? In Germany. Oh, And the no. Germans messed up the Holy Father's views on a lot of things because <laughs> oh, he I says, didn't know okay. yes, he says things that are just wow. not part of the deposit of faith. And he doesn't get that. So I pray for him because he is the vigor of Christ. But we, we, it was just a matter of time, Jesse, these last 60 years of poor formation coming back and biting us. And Cardinal Dolan is that example. Yes, uh, the first Mass, or, or what Scott Hunt calls the archetype of the Mass, yes. was offered at Calvary 2,000 years ago. Yes. Calvary is the archetype of every Catholic Mass. If you think about it, who, who was in the nave uh, there on Calvary? This is great. I the love Blessed it. Virgin Mary, exactly. John the Apostle, St. Yes. Mary Magdalene. 
were they, did they have glad tambourines? Were they raising their hands? Were they clapping their hands and, and, you know, you know, yelling and screaming? No, they were in sacred silence. Well said. Who else was there in the nave on Calvary as Christ was offering himself to the father? Well, you had Roman soldiers. Some of them were praying to Jesus in Latin. Some of them were probably cursing Jesus in Latin. You also had some Jews that were there. Most of the Jews at the time, they also spoke Greek because Greek was a predominant language amongst the Jews at the time of Christ. So many of the, of the, of the Jews that no longer spoke Hebrew, they were probably the younger ones. Some of them were praying to Jesus in Greek. Some of them may have been cursing Jesus in Greek. The older Jews that still knew Hebrew, some of them probably prayed to our Lord in Hebrew. Some probably cursed our Lord in Hebrew. Uh, in fact, some of these groups that mocked the Son of God, uh, you know, uh, some believed amongst and prayed in either Latin, Greek, or Hebrew, yeah. and they prayed to God. In fact, the Bible tells us in Mark fifteen thirty nine that some of the Roman soldiers believed and professed their faith in Latin. Yep. Now, other Roman soldiers were scared. They just, they were, they don't know, they weren't sure they were on the fence. They just ran. <laughs> but the Jews, they watched it all unfold, the first mass. Yeah. And, and some of the Jews understood the Romans' Latin language well. Mm-hmm. Others only, only dimly understood Latin. Some didn't understand it at all. And uh, the Bible says in Luke 23, verse 42, that some of the Jews believed, others did not. Well, guess what? We as Catholics, the Catholic Church, were the new Israel of God. Exactly. And now, that now this is why in the Catholic Church, those are the languages that should primarily be used, Latin, Greek, and Hebrew. Yep. And, uh, and, and, and what happened at Calvary is what happens at every Catholic Mass. The Catholic Mass is the once and for all sacrifice of Calvary made present in the eternal now of sacred time. Wow. And you know, Jesse, next month I go to the Newman Center at Cal Poly Pomona to talk to about 100 um, college students. And guess what the topic is? The Mass. And so this is what we need to understand. It's the source and summit of the Christian life, the Eucharist. And when we don't know the Mass... And we think that, I mean, you, you know my story. I, I went for 30 years asking people, what do they believe about the Eucharist? And they 90% didn't know. And they were coming to the Mass every Sunday. We've done a terrible job communicating the uh, basics on what the Mass is. And again, as what did Padre Pio say? Uh, the earth could sur- survive more without uh, the sun than with the Mass, without the yes. Mass. Amen. And so we need to really understand when we go, so I would really encourage everyone to pick up Bishop Sheen's book called "These Are the Sacraments." Uh, that's another uh, a great book on the teachings on what Catholic Mass is all about. Because yep. even the highest echelons of our church, they don't get it. And here we are, Joe Sixpack, you know, PhDs in common sense. We say, no, what does the church teach? And mm-hmm. this is what we need to proclaim today to bring people closer to Jesus Christ and his bride, the church. Yeah, the Mass is not entertainment. No! The Mass is medicine. Exactly. That's why we say, Lord, I am not worthy to receive you under my roof, but only say the word and I shall Three be times. healed. Why? The Mass is medicine. Exactly. That's where we receive the medicine of immortality for our souls. And I'll tell you, the devil knows the power of the Mass. He does. Because the devil 
is like a lion, the Bible says in 1 Peter 5.8. But in Revelation 5.5, it says Jesus is the lion. So notice, the devil is like a lion. He's a fake lion. Jesus is the lion of Judah, Revelation 5.5. St. Augustine says that Satan tries to imitate God. He tries to ape God. This is why the Black Mass is a mockery, not of Judaism or Islam or a Protestant service, It's a mockery and a reversal of the Holy Catholic Mass, which is the true form of worship here on planet Earth. Jesse, amen, amen. I I just, my joy for the Mass, I was 14 years old when I found out that the Mass was, we were present at that one eternal sacrifice of Calvary. And here a 14-year-old kid got it and said, well, why wouldn't I go there every day and receive Holy Communion every day? And here I am, 66 years old, Jesse, and going daily to Mass. Why? Because I fell in love with the Mass. Because somebody mm. explained it to me. You know who that somebody was? Archbishop Fulton Sheen. Oh, wow. So I would encourage people to go on YouTube. There's some YouTube videos of Bishop Sheen explaining the Mass to young people. Just type that in and yeah. check that out. It's good stuff, Jess. You know, when you leave the Catholic Mass, you're walking down the slopes of Calvary in Jerusalem. Yeah, That's what you're doing. Woo! Because, yeah, because the Mass is heaven on earth. Exactly. And the Mass transports us to spiritual Jerusalem. If The crucifixion of our Lord on Calvary is to history the equivalent of throwing a rock in a still pond of water. You're going to see a ripple effect on the water. That's like the Mass. The Mass is the ripple effect of Calvary. That's how you and I come in contact with Christ on Calvary. The blood of Jesus just flows through time and into eternity through the Mass, the ripple effect. Sign me up, man. Folks, if you haven't been to Mass today, go to Mass and realize that you're present at that one eternal sacrifice. Just Romero, I love talking about the Mass. What state should we be living in, brother? State of sanctifying grace. Don't live in a state of mortal sins. Become holy or die. Try and remember, <laughs> we're a lighthouse amidst the gathering storm. Let's pray America great again. Amen. And don't forget Our Lady of Fatima said, souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. Would you be willing to make sacrifices? tied into the salvific work of the Mass, Calvary? Please do. Up next, talk about a bishop who has supernatural view. Uh, it's the Bishop Strickland Hour up next. If you don't, you can't get it on your station, go to vmpr.org, pick up our app so you don't miss any of the shows by America's bishop, Bishop Joseph Strickland. Stay with us, and we'll be with you doing a great, this interview that I just did with him, outstanding. You won't want to miss it. May God richly bless you. Yeah.